What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas, and we are still out here in uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, Freak Out Fest is in its third day, and I want to fucking die, but um, plenty of music ahead. Uh, right now, we're listening to a song by Los Spliffs called De Rodillas. Uh, this is from their album, Strike Back. Um, so we're going to wrap up that song, and we'll be right back with some very special guests. And we're back um, and, you know, currently chilling out here in a surprisingly quiet room considering how busy the streets are. Um, I am joined by uh, Caleb and Saul of Los Espliffs, straight from Tucson, Arizona. What's going on? What's happening? Yo, yo, this is Caleb. Nice to meet y'all. Hey. <laughs> this is Saul. Nice to be here, everybody. Yay. Um, and I'm actually really excited to have you all here. Um, I got to see you at Posadelic in 2019. I was like, I didn't, I'd never heard of you all before. So I was like, I didn't, that's why like, I didn't, was, wasn't necessarily like, hey, yo, what's up? You know, like, and after that, I, Monica Saldana from uh, Norma has been like standing you guys super hard. And Monica is the best. <laughs> the best, the best, the reason why we're here and we miss her so much. And honestly, shout out because she couldn't make it to, to uh, uh, freak out and she was very uh, bummed out and she really wanted to be here. And she was one of the people who uh, made uh, so much Latin talent happen uh, on this uh, lineup. So we're sending big, big love uh, to Monica. Um, but we're here to talk about you all. And so for the listeners at home who, uh, who may not be familiar with Lizis Beliefs, uh, well, who are you and was it, what is it that you do? Uh, well, we are Latinos just from the Sonoran Desert. Mm -hmm. And we kind of represent, we're both first generation Latinos here as Americans. And we kind of represent 
the transition of history and time of our parents and our ancestors into what this new age of being a Latinx is, you know what I mean? So it's like this transition of, specifically in the music of like, what our parents listen to, what our grandparents listen to, what we listen to as kids when cleaning the house and shit, and how it relates to how we still experience life every day. Yeah, no, for real, for real. I mean, and it's so interesting that you that you reference that whole like you know like the music that we listen to while like cleaning and stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Because it's like it's a whole genre of music in Latin music, isn't it? Just like you know, like yeah. I mean, yeah, because, like, a lot of this, like, you know, this classic Latin American pop, you know, you're, and really often Mexican pop, right? Like, you're, you know, uh, Juan Gabriel or, or uh, Jose Jose or whatever, yeah, you know, just it, it becomes this, like, every Saturday morning is just, like, uh-huh. embedded in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you're doing it with cumbia, um, which I, you know, there's a lot of cumbia bands in the U.S. And I'm just like, I really like Los Espliches because you're not doing cumbia the way that everybody else is doing cumbia. Um, how would you say, I mean, I, I mean, I could sit here and tell them, but that wouldn't be as interesting. Um, how would you say that what you do is different from like other cumbia bands that are around you? I think more than anything, we, we play cumbia, but we play other rhythms, which I mm-hmm. think that's what makes the difference. Like we're, we're playing not only cumbia, but we're playing son. We're playing all these really ancient rhythms that uh, Caleb shares with us, uh, and that opens up another universe of of what our music can sound like. And yeah. it's more of a bigger, grander scope of Latin music than just contrived to cumbia. And I think that our love for like all those old old recordings is what's pushing the edge on that. Yeah, there's a there's a vintage feel to what you do. It feels oh, I mean, but but more timeless. It doesn't feel like kitschy or referential or retro. It feels timeless. Yeah, it kind of references, like a lot of times when people listen to our music, they tend to say, oh, this reminds me of like Fania. Mm-hmm. And like Fania is a major influence on Saul and I both. Uh, and my dad got to play, bon- my dad was a bongo, bongo cero, and he got to play with a lot of those cats, the Fania musicians mm-hmm. in New York back in the day. And I grew up listening to that shit and I still listen to it as if it's on the radio now. Like, I stand Fania Records, like, yeah. for real. Like, it's annoying. It's everything. It's an art movement. It's, it's something that happened in New York that's yeah. so important. Yeah, and it's much more than just, like, people think Fania and they think salsa. Mm-hmm. Just like when you hear Los Splits, you think, oh, this must be cumbia. But it's not exactly just salsa and it's not exactly just cumbia. Yeah. It's like an entire wave of expression, Latin yeah. expression, Latino yeah. expression. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like how all Latin American countries are bunched up into two continents. Well, those two continents have hundreds of different ways of speaking Spanish, hundreds of different menus for food and drinks and culture and a million different ways of laughing. That's what Los Esplips is. We are all of that on one stage for you. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I love that, like, I, you know, you, the two of you kind of represent what cumbia is broken down to today, mm-hmm. you know, just like yeah. there's the, obviously this very ancestral percussive, uh, yeah, you know, folklore. yeah, absolutely. And then, but Saul, you know, with the synths, it has like, like it speaks to that sonidero, it speaks uh-huh. to like the yeah. way that technology has kept it alive and relevant and evolving into the future. Yeah. I love that. like. Exactly. And it's just like, you clearly are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, and it's, it's still playing a lot of the stuff that like, I don't know, like, I feel like even the incorporation of the synths, I'm still playing like as if I was playing, uh, as if I was playing according like, like Celso Pina. I'm not like, sure. mm-hmm. you know, so it's like just incorporating the technology in a different context. I feel like it's always been like in our music, it's always been like what we have is what we have and that's why the music sounds the way it sounds like so it's like if it's in a new context it should include like yo i have this synth that does this let's include it in the music yeah and find a spot for it and yeah. then incorporate a new sound and i think that that progresses the sound of this new cultural music you know the the way that you all sing is another thing that i really like about the band because it's like it's these sort of like you go for it it's a, it's like a big mouth open all the way we're gonna belt we're gonna yeah. bellow like it's just like Whoa, ah, you know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it it almost feels bullerengue in that way it exactly. feels very like primal uh-huh. uh, i love that it's it's i always make this joke that's not so much of a joke anymore but when we were recording aesthetic back 
there there was a lot of moments where I'd be like, all right, I really need this to sound like we're on a patio because mm-hmm. one one image, one scene that I have stuck in my head that I think really expresses specifically the way we sing is when you're at like una paranda mm-hmm. navideña, you know what I mean? People are just bad at singing. And sure. they're, you know, yeah. like there's mad people that are bad at singing. Obviously, there are people that are amazing singers at these parandas too. But they don't give a fuck. They're just, yeah. ye- they're just yelling. You know what I mean? Because we're all on a patio. It's a fucking paranda. And everybody's drunk. And it's just like, okay, I have something to express right yeah. now. And I'm not thinking about my vocal technique and whether or not my throat is going to hurt tomorrow morning. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I'm just going to yell that shit because I'm proud, you know? So much of, of what you guys do is, is uh, I mean, there's a sort of certain sort of like educational, decolonial intent. Mm-hmm. So this may Absolutely. not be the best reference for the listeners at home <laughs> necessarily, but like the, um, you guys, uh, it, it, I, I don't know if you saw the, that Setangana sort of like NPR thing. It was just like a whole dinner oh, table yeah, and everybody's saying, and it, like what you're saying kind of reminded me of that. It's just like, it's just like there are like actual real musicians and then there's just uh-huh. like you know family members family, and chill yeah, like it feels it captured that yeah you know, like yeah that's that's us on stage that's why we go on stage with our drinks that's why chris i mean like it's funny but obviously it's funny and and that is our main goal is to make sure people feel comfortable mm-hmm. when we're on stage and they don't feel like they're at some like sit down operatic sure. scene mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it is funny but at the same time there is a message to why chris doesn't wear pants on stage yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like and there is like a reason we all dress however the fuck we want to dress yeah. you know what i mean and we like like don't we we try not to take it too seriously because there is a lesson behind everything. And yeah. and in my eyes, the lesson visually and through the music that we sing and write is like, make sure we're not taking life too seriously, but also make sure we're not forgetting how serious life is. It's kind of like this crazy catch-22 situation yeah. where we have to live on that line. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And well, dear listeners, we have a hell of a show for you all today. I'm excited to have guests that love to talk and to play good music and to like live on the fucking stage. Uh, We're going to get into your MC uh, skills uh, a little later because last night uh, you guys performed that freak out and it was a very uh, special performance, actually. Um, But uh, we have a whole lot of show to get through. So first, let's talk about The Rodillas, which is the song by Los Espliffs that opened the show. What can you tell us about the song? Uh, the Rodillas is about, it's like a, a, a love song towards the desert. So the Sonoran Desert is El Desierto de Altar. It's like uh, one of the most biodiverse places in the world. Okay. And uh, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to, to use kind of like a, this uh, Christianity praying to, uh, to the altar kind of reference to kind of venerate the desert as a kind of Christian being. And just to say uh, my grace is to it, because it, it really represents everything that I'm, I'm about and, and informs a lot of who I am and who I think Los Esplits is. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, hmm. The, with the desert in mind, let's play a song by Mesquite, which yeah, is, these are some homies from back home. Uh, and again, we have a song called Wide Awake for you all. Uh, what can you tell us about Mesquite or Mesquite? Mesquite. Mesquite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Our guitar player, Gus, is, that's his band. He runs oh, that cool. band. And that's one of the most amazing bands coming out today, honestly. Okay. Like, low-key. You produced that record, didn't you? Like, uh, well... I helped mix uh, some of that first record and the second record, okay. and it was it was really fun to see the process of Mesquite because I'm friends with Gus since we're 18, so I've seen him write that stuff, and now that it's out, it's like amazing to see the result. It's beyond what I under- I even expected. So mm. everybody check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Let's listen to that now. Again, this is Mesquite. The track is called Wide Awake, and we'll be right back with more of Los Espliffs.
All right, all right. And we're back. And actually, the second song that we just heard there is by Los Spliffs as well. Uh, and it's called Un Solo Golpe. Um, and I think this, you know, it's it's really great to play these two, uh, again, to play you along with Mesquite, again, giving that big uh, nod to Arizona. Uh, but Un Solo Golpe uh, was the moment where, like, everything changed for me at your show last night. Because, like, again, I've, I've listened to your music before. I've seen you live. I saw you live in Mexico, which was really fabulous. Um, but like last night, you know, this this song, I knew the, the context behind the song. There's this, a very a sobering political social message behind it. Right. Um, and it's very different to hear it in Latin America versus one of the whitest parts of the United States. Yeah. Um, so I would like it very much if uh, you told us about this song. So Un Solo Ope is, is actually like an old, very old Dominican and really Caribbean message. It's Un Solo Ope in Dominican Republic kind of means... De un tiro, it's like to get something done once mm-hmm. and not have to do it again. Un solo golpe. Um, so I, I once was listening to a recording of that, uh, of like this old tribal folklore band playing it. And I was like, oh man. And it was during the marches that were going on mm-hmm. uh, last summer. And I was like, holy shit, this song literally talks about everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Like, un solo golpe, like in a sense, is like, okay, there are problems that are going on in the world, sure. so let's take care of these problems de un solo golpe, yeah. sin, sin lío, sin nada. Like, let's, let's put it in front of us. Let's put everything on the table and address it as it is. So I like to take that moment on stage and just, like, whoever is in my audience. It actually works in my favor when there's, like, a super white audience in front yeah. of me because I always say it into the mic because I'm not afraid to say whatever the fuck I want. You have the mic. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I said and that. And not y'all. Night. Yeah, literally. So I, I take that moment to be like, this is, I have the mic. I'm going to say some shit that is jarring and that is like eye-opening to you yeah. guys because this is my moment to do that. So un solo golpe, I say, I say, I mean, it's improvised. There's a coro. Ay, un solo golpe, un solo golpe, un solo golpe, nada más. And then the rest is improvised. I get to say things like, on the album I say like, ay, Un policía por yo ser negro me dio un tirazo y me mató. And that's like a statement of like, you know, obviously all of this shit with policía matando a la gente a la raza, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. It's like, okay, let's take care of this de un solo golpe. Yeah. You know, let's, let's say it out loud and not be so afraid. Like we were saying earlier, there's like this underlying stuff that we all know is happening in the world. And we all don't agree with what's happening in the world. Mm. But we're not talking about it out loud. So if I have a moment, I'm going to say it into a mic. For sure. You know, amplified. No, that's that's really, again, last night, that, w- that happened around like 60% of yeah, the way into the, the show. Way. And that's when I was like, I need to go sit down. Like, it's just like, I, in my mind, like for my body, I was also exhausted. But I was like, the party's over for me. Yeah. I need to go sit down and feel these feelings exactly. for a minute. Because like, again, like. I mean, I grew up in Latin America. The, 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 mm-hmm. the, I'm like, you know, I'm not, this is, this, these messages are not new. And also I work in what I work. Right. But I was just like, it was really like, also like the performance of it all. And again, as you said, like the way that, um, you, you know, you're on the mic and the way that you improvise and that you speak, that, I mean, that you really, that you both spoke to this, to the audience. Again, like it wasn't lost on me. I was like, they're doing this song for a, 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 an audience that's 80% white, maybe uh-huh. more, you know, um, it was really, and it, it was even a bit contentious. It was, it was, it was interesting, and I and I could tell it was deliberate. Like it wasn't yeah, that the yeah. show was not going well. It was just like we're gonna challenge you all, yeah. and I I think that's so interesting. I wonder if in Arizona, that's something that you have to do. Like, what is like? Do you have to? Do you feel like that you need to educate uh, the audience yeah, or confront or what? This shit is not is not. On, I mean, like these problems are not even just american problems mm-hmm. this is everywhere in the world Hello. my yeah my my father's from dominican republic one of the blackest latino countries in the world mm-hmm. and even there there is colorism you know and there's extreme racism towards the haitians that are our neighbors and who helped us gain a revolution in the 1800s you know what i mean and we're still racist towards them and this Dominicans is not are overwhelmingly black though. yeah That's overwhelmingly crazy. black i mean like yo, yo soy negro pero yo no soy moreno in dominican republic yo ni soy negro yo soy no yo tu eres un, tu eres un tipo. Uh, yeah. but it's just like what the fuck man no let's 
let's really talk to each other yeah. you know what i mean let's fucking hash this out because it's it's gone on for too long mm. another thing i like to say is ah, ah, quinientos negros quinientos años y son esclavos y nada más yeah. it's like there's 500 years and and thousands of of blacks you know what i mean and afro people and we're still slaves yeah, yeah. you know yeah. slaves in our mind to this crazy shit it's like dude let's let's address this shit yeah. like it's i'm tired of it for one you know what i mean i'm again i'm so glad to like again that i got not not you know again the message is not new to me but it was just right, really lovely really special seeing that live uh and again i want to take this opportunity to talk about arizona like mm-hmm. what's home like like i've never been down there i know there's a ton of like latin folk down yeah. in arizona but like what's what's going on down there what's the music what's the art scene looking like down there well, we're split between Tucson and, and Phoenix, and both Tucson and Phoenix are really fucking cool in the sense that they're both, like, polar opposites. Mm. Yeah. Like, we'll have, like, Tucson has, like, kind of a more kind of relaxed feel to it, which can open up a lot of, like, creative aspects of the way people are producing stuff. So, like, more unique stuff is happening in Tucson. Okay. In, like, the more DIY scene. That's super inspirational. Uh, but in Phoenix, there's a huge art revolution happening with like a bunch of brown kids just like really taking upon themselves to like make really killing visual arts. And I think that mm-hmm. that's like really pushing the edge, at least in like the aesthetic side of Latino kids now. And I see more people going to our shows that are just like hipper Latino kids that feel more empowered when we, mm-hmm. they hear the music because they're like, man, finally some shit that's hip. And like Phoenix is kind of changing in that sense where it's like, it's becoming a lot hipper with the Latino cats making visual arts specifically. A lot of really cool painters and really amazing art. So that inspires like our work uh, sonically to like be a part of that canon as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm really glad that we actually opened the show with the rodillas because I I have kind of a personal obsession with the desert because um, I I you know I'm from New York I live in Mexico City I'm used to these big big cities and there's something about like seeing the vastness Space, uh, like yeah. just yeah. empty just like sky yeah. and as far as the eye can see and like you don't really get to do that in the city no. so like I love the desert I love that about the desert I mean I wonder obviously like that's where you live I'm guessing that's where you're from. Um, how do you feel like that? Does that dynamic in any way influence like your work, the work that you do? Absolutely. I mean, the space that you see when you, you can see the sky 360 degrees pretty much. Like I can't even explain that to people. And because of that, that makes your mind open up to actually being able to process ideas like very openly. It gives you a lot of open space to think of, of unique ideas. And I feel like it does feel like an island in a sense because mm-hmm. it's so removed from everything else. Let's just say like Tucson is like an hour and a half away from Phoenix. And they do feel like islands, but there's a benefit in that because it's like curating itself into creating a new like identity. And I feel like that feeds into like this very unique thing. And I feel like a lot of the Arizona, both Tucson and Phoenix are very unique. They're becoming very unique places of art. And I've, I feel so happy that we're a part of that. And, like, to get inspired by that kind of, like, pseudo-island feel, you know? Yeah. Of just yeah. being able to create culture and, like, really harvest a, a really unique vibe. It's really cool. Totally. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about how Los Spliffs came to be. Because, again, you have yeah. pretty different backgrounds. Uh, I'm guessing, Saul, your background is Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I believe you're Dominican or Dominican-American. Dominican, yeah. um, how did you two meet? In Phoenix, actually. I... I know two different stories, but Saul probably knows the story more than me. I just remember one time, because we played, Saul and I both have a jazz history. We studied jazz, and I studied drums. He just studied trombone. And I just remember one time we were at a jazz club, or I was smoking outside of a jazz club with some homies, and, and this new guy walked up, and he was wearing Yeezys. And I was like... Damn, look at this motherfucker showing up to a jazz club in Yeezys. And it was Saul. And that is, in my mind, the first time I saw Saul. And then Saul has a story of me playing congas at that jazz club. Yeah, yeah. Too. And I have a story of we were 18 years old and we're like, somebody told me, yo, there's this fucking guy that plays congas, man. You got to watch him. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to this jazz club <laughs> and he's playing a tune. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh my gosh. Like, what the fuck? And I go up to him at the end and I'm like, yo, that's sick. And I grab his hand. I remember this. Like, I grab his hand and his hand is like 
full on his whole hand is a callus. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it I was like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, yo, what is this guy? And like then later on I saw him play with a bunch of salsa bands throughout the years and stuff. Cuz we used to play like in similar ensembles. So we'll yeah, see yeah. each other at all these festivals and stuff. But it was always like I would see him and be like, yo, this is the other young cat that's hip and brown. Like mm-hmm. cuz like in the, in that in that world it's like 40 and up like and to be I started playing with those ensembles when I was 18. He himself as well, so like, yeah. it would have the only cats that were like twenty years old playing in those ensembles. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it would always be like that fucking guy. Who is that? Yeah. So like when when uh, we hung out in Phoenix, we then we started playing like in a free jazz group together, and that kind of like made us really really bond and shit. That's really yeah. fun. And then Los Bliffs actually came because we were on our way to a gig and we were carpooling to a gig yeah. in Flagstaff, and the whole time we were like, man. I'm tired of all these like salsa bands and Latin bands and cumbia bands that like dress with flower shirts and shit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. we gotta start a band where we can open for an. In- I want to open for fucking Mac DeMarco playing uh-huh. cumbia. You know what I mean? Like that would be revolutionary. And then we were like, yeah, dude, wait, let's do it. Like, <laughs> we just got our homies, and that's it. That's yeah. the birth of. Have you shit. actually played for Mac DeMarco opening nah, I yet? I wish uh, Mac DeMarco, if you're listening, hire us. Yeah. Do it. I know you've heard our, our music. You heard our music. We I know. know. We know it. Yeah. From song mess ears to Mac DeMarco's <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we are going to make a musical transition. Let's please listen to another band, uh, another local uh, t- uh, Arizona band, uh, Godstar. Um, and this is Avant Gauze, uh, the song yeah. is. Uh, tell me about Godstar. Oh, Godstar's sick, man. Godstar is this new band. It's, I think it's like five cats from, from Phoenix. And they all kind of, I knew them from like different coffee shops that they all worked at. And then suddenly they had a band together and it was like, oh my God, this is sick. And it's like kind of pop. Yes, like kind of cooler stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think it like really describes kind of like a Phoenix feel. It's real, real new sounding. It's really cool. It's really cool. Well, let's go ahead and listen to that now. Again, this is Godstar. The song song is Avant Gauze. And we'll be right back with more of Liz's Cleaves.
Song Mess. Un show de música emergente latinoamericana donde mezclamos entrevistas con los sonidos más frescos del underground. Su anfitrión, Richard Villegas, es un periodista musical contribuyendo a publicaciones como Remezcla, Rolling Stone y Bandcamp. Y con Song Mess, las conversaciones toman un giro más casual y personal, revelando el mundo interior de cada invitado. Song Mess está disponible en todas las plataformas digitales. Escúchalo martes 9 pm y jueves 9 am por Nova Hits Radio. Song Mess.
All right, and then the second song we just heard there is by Ray Barreto. Oh, God, that's horrible. Why would I say that? Ray Barreto. Um, and, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then the song is called El Presupuesto. Uh, and I believe Ray Barreto is, uh, was, is, was a Fania All-Star. And I believe, Caleb, you have a, a personal connection to Fania All-Stars. Uh, tell us about Ray Barreto, obviously the song, and then, but also that connection. Well, Ray Barreto is, is one of my idols. All of my idols are all Fania members. Um, with the technical exception of Eddie Palmieri, who's like number one on Mendes. Okay, okay. But Ray Barretta, I mean, Ray Barretta is going out player. The way my dad was from New York, grew up, well, Dominican, and then a huge part of his life was spent in New York. And it was during the late 70s, 80s, where Fania was huge. Yeah. And he was a percussionist, so he got to hang with all these Fania players and play with them on gigs and shit. And when I was a kid, I remember my dad telling, we were watching a video, and it was Ray Barreto on congas. And I was like, man, this is the best conguero I've ever seen. He has Boricua, and like, oh, this is so, I'm so proud. And then my dad was like, he's breathing real hard because he has asthma. And I have asthma. So when I was a little kid, my dad told me that, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is my idol. So nothing's going to stop me. Yeah, Yeah. literally. I was like, yes, I can have asthma and be Ray Barreto. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Sick. So that that blew me away when I was a little kid. And he's also just like such a wide variety of types of music and different successes that are like so inspirational to a young Latino, you know what I mean, that plays the same instrument. You know, it's like incredible. Absolutely. And I think this is a great place to talk about your latest record, uh, Strike Back. Um, Tell me, tell us about this record. Tell us about the production of it. Tell us about like... You know, again, like there, I think all of the songs that we're listening to today are from this record. Um, and I, it's so funny that like I was, I tweeted something and I was trying to like at you guys. Uh, and I don't think Los Beliefs has a Twitter. And if they do, oh, you know, ooh. Um, but did you say fuck Twitter? No, no Twitter. Oh, okay. No Twitter. But also fuck Twitter. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, um, I got like, I, 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 use my, I use my Twitter as like a Finsta version. I just, <laughs> I just crack yeah. wackiest jokes. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally <laughs> only on there for the porn. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah. No, but like I, I went to at like at you guys and I was searching and like I saw like Bandcamp reshared your oh, yeah, like yeah. record and I think they wrote something about it a while ago. Um, so yeah, tell us about a strike back. Yeah, I mean, Saul, you should start with that. Well, strike back is like our first kind of bigger work that we we kind of worked on. It was recorded in 2020, like the beginning of it, probably like what February is when we started, late February. Yeah, and then we took a break, obviously. Uh, but we finished it, and it was all conceptualized over that time, like February to like June. Oh, so and like the dark yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. And we recorded it all in uh, Wally Budaway's, ha- like, shout out to him, seriously. One of the best engineers in Arizona. We all did it in tape, so it was like kind of like the old school way of recording stuff. And that's kind of like another, another thing that we really want to emphasize is like, the use of this old technology to make it sound that that way and like it was cool to like get to do that in this album and it was just kind of like i don't know i call it now now looking back at it i call it kind of like the sampler pack yeah to like okay. what 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 we can conceptually do because i feel like it was very conceptual and like um but it's still kind of like uh just a snapshot of what los Spliffs is gonna end up being so i'm super excited about that oh shit i'm excited for what's next yeah um and then so yeah so like i i remember so we uh, saul and i we had the chance to hang out briefly uh in mexico city and you were telling me about like how like you i think from your previous record like this one you actually used more like tape um and more like vintage synths like it, you really want i don't know if like the if necessarily what you were looking for was like a more vintage sounding record but like it was more organic like i think that's what you all were looking for yeah, yeah. uh I, I wanted to like try to get into some of like those uh aesthetic but also procedural yeah i feel like even just with tape like i do a lot of tape stuff and i feel like it, it just uh adds another warmth to the actual full-on experience of listening to an album. Mm. That's, like, what we get when we listen to all those really, really old albums. So we wanted to recreate that, like, kind of, like, sort of, um, yeah, as you said, like, breath inside of the music. Yeah. That is is just added with technology. And, like, um, it's also just a representation of using what you have. And, like, we're lucky to have that type of technology and... uh, Honestly, it's like kind of really hard to record like that, and because of that, it gives it this certain like kind of like live aspect, as you said, breathable kind of aspect. Sure. It's very alive, you know. 
That's really cool. Yeah. And then, because um, I, I, I don't know how, like, do you guys divvy up the, like, the writing process? or Because, yeah. I mean, there's different, there's a lot, I mean, we're going to close with a very different kind of, like, vibe of a song, yeah, yeah. you know, like, um, so, like, what, uh, what, what would you, what were you, like, trying to, like, put on the record, Caleb? Um, well, it was kind of, like, a few of the songs were just really relevant to what I, like, at least what the songs that I wrote really relevant to what I was going to, mm. going through at the time. Like Otro País, for instance, is I was literally working on a farm okay. uh, and during the pandemic, too, because I had lost all my gigs sure. you know, because everything canceled. Um, so I was working on a farm and I was like not getting paid enough because farmers don't get paid enough. Shout out to farmers for feeding us. Um, but and so I wrote that song just like, you know, yo trabajo todos los días de al sol y no puedo pagar la renta. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, what am I doing? Piel Morena was was another testament to like what it is to be a black latino it's like all the shit that i was going through and then in terms of like the full album we kind of just write songs and saul and i hang out every day you know what i mean we see each other every day and sometimes we'll just show up and be like yo i just i wrote a song last night or i'll like go on a walk and i'll be like hey saul i wrote a song and then we just listen to it and we're like yo let's do it yeah Yeah, yeah, we can do that and we'll conceptualize it and that's how it is you know so it's kind of split evenly. Yeah, yeah. Just whoever wrote a song, let's put it on tape. So, uh, dear listeners, the record is called A Strike Back, and I'll make sure to link to that band camp in the notes below. Now, um, as, as I mentioned, that was rec- written and you know worked around uh, early 2020 as the apocalypse had just started. Uh, it is currently November uh, 2021, and the apocalypse is not yet over, but it seems that we're inching our way there uh and you guys are listening to this six months later so <laughs> because there's a lot of song mess banked um so i'm guessing that in that year and a half you've probably worked on new stuff there's probably new stuff coming soon what can we expect for the future of los Spliffs? well we are lucky enough to low-key announce that we got this crazy artist residency in a town called oracle in arizona okay. and there's a recording studio there and we're going to like spend an entire month, Saul and I, and, and members of the band are going to come in and out as sure. we need to record, obviously. But we get to just spend an entire month and focus on the new record that we have coming out. Cool. So we already have tunes that we're actually working out some of them on stage for our performances here in Seattle. But yeah, so it's sick. We get to like focus for an entire month and not think about anything else. So this album is going to be crazy it's gonna be like out of proportion a whole ass blessing a whole ass blessing i mean stay tuned um honestly by the time this is out there's probably gonna be new music so definitely keep an eye on these guys uh real quick uh there was you did a thing you have a really cool friendship with with um sergeant papers down in down in hermosillo that song that you guys did together was that a uh, them remixing you or you remixing them? Well, it was a combination of things. It's like, it was supposed to be like a true remix and I'm going to say on the full story so everybody knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I talked to Philippe and he's like, yeah, man, I got you. I got you. <laughs> right? And then Sounds a like month really- later, he's like, so when is this deadline? I'm like, uh, in five days, yo. And he's like, oh, shit. So I was landing in Hermosillo and he, he says, yeah, man, come, just come through to the studio. And I'm like, all right, cool. He hasn't done shit. You know, I was like, this, this sounds like it's going to be great. So then we, we just went into the studio and we, I mean, we all have really good synergy. Like Ivan, uh, Felipe and I have really good synergy. So we just like decided to take one of the tunes that's made with the Game Boy track. We put mm-hmm. that on like a, a tape um, uh, and we fucked with like the speed. And after that, we just recorded some punk shit over it. And I think it was like such a cool mix of, of both bands and it's like, Totally, the, the, it was such a uh, closing of circles because Felipe and I have been wanting to do something like that for so long. And it's just like a minute 30. It's like yeah, such yeah, it's, a... It's so <laughs> short. Zach remix of Cumbia de Oli. Of, that's yeah, yeah. one of the tracks on Estrek Back. Yeah. It's actually Zach wrote that tune on his Game Boy. Because okay. he has this thing where he writes tunes on his Game Boy and he literally performs it off of his Game Boy. It's How crazy. How do you write tracks? Duh. Yeah, literally. It's nuts. It's nuts. Some 1980s. And then Sergeant Papers were just like, let's make a punk-ass version yeah, of that yeah. shit. Amazing. <laughs> like, it was uh, sick. Well, uh, we are wrapping up. Uh, I would love it if you could tell our listeners where they can uh, listen to you all, where they can follow you on social media, where they can purchase, yes, I said purchase, uh, music, merch, etc., tickets, etc. Sweet. So hit up uh, 
losesplits.bandcamp.com. That's where we drop all our merch. All our shit is exclusive. So, like, you got to fucking either sign up on the newsletter or follow us on Instagram or some shit. Because it really, I hate to say it, but everybody's like, yo, where's that shirt at? No, like, we dropped it. That's just sold out. She so, got like, it. Yeah. <laughs> just, fucking, just fucking follow the newsletter and just buy the shit, please. Yeah, please buy it. Real. Please. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, uh, independent artists need to pay the rent. Yeah, as, I want uh, my oatmeal latte, man. Yeah, what the fuck? Well, yeah. and 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 as uh, <laughs> as Caleb said, working on the farm don't pay the rent. Shit, yeah, like that yeah, is no. it is a hard life out here. And I'll remind you all that uh, it's been a very long uh, pandemic, and independent artists need your support. Um, I'm gonna uh, remind you all that I'm also Richard Viegas, and then my guests are uh, Caleb and Saul of Los Spliffs from Tucson. And, well. From Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, from Arizona. Let's just, you know, broaden the scope. Uh, and you can listen to this and our almost 400 episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Uh, same with social media, everything at Songmas. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, probably Grinder and Christian Mingle as well. Um, uh, you can send us your uh, latest single, video, album, whatever at songmasmusic at gmail.com. I take my time in answering. The volume is high, y'all, but I'm getting there. Um, and again, everything is going to be linked in the show notes don't don't stress out you don't have to remember all that uh we have one more song this is by los espliffs obviously off their record a strike back uh and it's called perro rabioso i feel like this is the hit this is the banger this is the fan favorite this is the, the one that goes crazy yeah this was fun last night this was a really fun high point uh tell us about uh perro rabioso uh, the story I always stay, say on stage, I'll tell it real short, but the story I always <laughs> tell people, which is, this is the truth. This is how we wrote Pero Rabioso. Saul and I were at a bar and there was like this really cute dog and everyone was kissing up on this dog and letting the dog lick their faces. And then we were like, we were drinking. So we were like, what if this dog is like nasty as shit and has nasty breath and is eating trash and shit and people just let it lick their faces. And we were like, well... That's kind of like us. I mean, we're cute. And Relatable then, content. Yeah, we're cute. And like all of us in general, all the listeners too, like we're all cute and shit. We know how to do it up and get ready for the club. And then as soon as we get back to the apartment or the hotel, it's like, ooh, this person, that's the real you. You're eating Taco Bell. <laughs> eating Taco Bell. <laughs> eating, yeah, yeah. As someone who's fallen asleep drunk with a piece of KFC on Better, his chest dude. during this trip twice. <laughs> Relatable content. Um, (laughs) uh, All right. So I think with that, we're going to sign off again. My name is Richard Villegas. This is Songmas. My guests are Saul and Caleb of Los Espliffs from Arizona. The song is called Perro Rabioso. This is off the record. A strike back. Go listen to it. Purchase it. Share it with your mama and your grandmama. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Show. Persiguiendo a la